Hi everyone and welcome back to This One's For You. I'm your host Ellen Noble and today I am joined by a guest that most of you probably know unless you're not familiar with the sport of cyclocross or you've been under a rock for the last 24 hours. I am sitting down with our newly crowned elite men's national champion Curtis White. Hi Ellen, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Curtis, it's my pleasure. Uh, how are you doing today? Anything special going on in your life that you're excited about? <laughs> Well, uh, I appreciate the introduction. Um, it's funny because we've been a part of the cycling scene, seeing each other at the races for a very long time. And, um, you know, we're just coming off of the cyclocross national championships locally to both of us uh, in Hartford, Connecticut. That was yesterday. And, uh, you know, so we're today's a recovery day. You know, we're, you know, we were able to we had a great race yesterday. I was able to take my first uh, national championship at the in cyclocross, uh, but at the professional level, it, I mean, it meant a lot. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to talking with you more about that and really diving in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, today's a recovery day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So before we get into any of the deep stuff, um, you use a whoop. What was your recovery score this morning after the win yesterday? And then maybe some celebrations last night that, that officially, 1%. One <laughs> percent, and uh, I'll I'll say that the goal was to see how low the whoop score could get. Which that normally, I mean, we're you you know this, Alan. Like we're professional athletes at this level. Like we know everything that goes into our body. So mm-hmm. much of what our life is is very structured, process oriented. But mm-hmm. when all this energy and focus has gone into a big goal, mm-hmm. it's really important, I think, to take the time to celebrate achievements 100%. and people do that in different ways right like yes. it's it's important to just you know I've always found that being around the people that I love and who have supported that effort like that that's incredibly meaningful to me yes um as an athlete and as a person like that's a when I celebrate those achievements like I want my people there mm-hmm. right because that's there's a lot of sacrifice not just for me but on their part as well yeah so you get to kind of enjoy all of that together it's a it's a big moment and then usually like a big come down and sounds like for you for anything that you know any performance disadvantage that you may have from having that one percent whoop score uh is probably paid back tenfold in the sort of you know happiness watts if you will of getting to celebrate and have fun last night with your crew absolutely yeah definitely happiness watts which I mean, it's, yeah, it's a very special moment. It's not like, uh, you know, we don't treat every victory like this. I mean, it's, you know, we have different classification of, you know, races. We have C2s, C1s, Continental Championships, National Championships, World Cups, et cetera, like that. Uh, but a lot of the season really has kind of crescendoed to the National Championship here domestically in the U.S. Our season's over. So this is really kind of the bookend to a really big part of the season and now the momentum shifts and we're going over to Europe I leave in two days on mm-hmm. Wednesday so we're, we're slowly packing we're shifting gears and um, shifting focus as well so this is a really good way to kind of recognize the effort that's gone into uh, a special performance absolutely and like you mentioned this isn't uh, you know you celebrate victories differently you're no stranger to victories you've had a lot of big results in your career but specifically winning this national title is something that has evaded you up until this point. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today, why I thought you would be such a great guest on the podcast, talking a little bit about how long you have been pursuing 
this particular goal in such a focused way. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, actually, do you, I guess let's talk about that first a little bit. So we talked just before nationals. You said that this will be your 18th cyclocross national championships. I think 18, the the number I heard was 18. Yeah. My first, so I I got into racing bikes at a very young age Mm -hmm. and uh, I was maybe 10 years old. 2005 was my first season racing cyclocross and that was my first real immersion into this beautiful sport right and it's it's kind of a quirky sport where you're riding a bike that I mean, you think would be a road bike but it has knobby tires and you're going through mud in my first national championships in providence rhode island really that was the reason why i got into the sport was because there was a really strong racing scene a really strong club scene and we had big races close by national championships were in the northeast it was a it was a perfect opportunity for my parents to get me into something that was really engaging and to be a part of that community. And uh, 2005, we had a blizzard roll in and I just, I remember having so much fun. And at that point when you're 10 years old, like you're doing it for fun, Mm -hmm. right? As as most your junior years, you know, you're going through your early teenage years. It's, it's all about having fun and forming relationships with your peers and having that camaraderie. But there is a point in your life when you have to sit down with yourself and say, I need to take this a bit more seriously because the, le- the the bar is being raised, right? And for me, that point was 17 or 18 years old. Like I, I'm, I've always been a very competitive person, and um, but I think naturally when you get to those years, and I maybe you could speak to this as well. Like you reach that point where you're like, okay, it's it's kind of a shit or get off the pot moment. <laughs> you know, pardon my French, but it's like. Like, you know, you can't waste your time anymore. Like there's, you're missing so many school days or now you're like, all right, I can get to this high level. And, um, but to get to this level, I'm missing holidays and family Mm -hmm. time. And like there are sacrifices, right? Yeah. And if you want to simplify it even more, when you get to the point where you want to start dating Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, talk to a lot of people, basically like when girls come into the picture for a lot of people, that's usually, um, (laughs) girls and boys, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah. Girls slow you down. It's it's the truth. But the wrong girls do. Yes, right. Where, yeah, especially when you're that age, when you're uh, like 16 or 17, you definitely start to get it's it's just you have a lot of competing interests now. A lot of so distractions. You have a lot of distractions. You have to decide: Am I going to university? Am I going to um, get married and settle down? Like there's just a lot of things that people are starting to think about at that age that you maybe aren't thinking about when you're 12 or 13. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and life does come at you pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I remember for me in my junior years, I was I was pretty fortunate enough to, you know, have the, the influence I did with my family and they valued education. And um, my junior years as a racer, I applied for to go to college early decision. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew early enough in my season, mm-hmm. all right, am I, am I accepted or not? I was accepted to go to Union yeah. College. It is not a cycling school, but something that drew me to that school, it was, it was local to where I grew up, uh, but we were on a trimester system. Mm-hmm. So three trimester or three terms a year broken up into three classes mm-hmm. a term. So it was, it was a 10 weeks, um, a shorter but more intense academic period. Yes. Which it, for, for me, it helped me balance my training, my traveling, the racing, and for cyclocross, it's mm-hmm. a fall and winter sport. There was a big enough gap in that December period where we were going to Europe and we mm-hmm. had our national championships there. And that that was the that's the heart of the cyclocross season for us. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the the 
perfect balance of academics and cycling. But um, yeah, I mean, you definitely do have those competing interests of, you know, am I going to go to school? Okay, what am I going to study? And I mean, if you go into a field that's really demanding, like mm-hmm. in engineering um, or in, into the sciences, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a bit above me. I, I was a classics major with a, a law and humanities minor, very, very liberal artsy. But it was it at that moment, it it helped me train weaknesses that I was dealing with. And uh, it, it was what I needed to it was an area I needed to grow in at that moment. Absolutely. We're going to talk about this, I think, a little bit more uh, later on in the episode, but uh, we've spent a bit of time lately, I guess, for context. Um, you were coached by Al Donahue, and so mm-hmm. you've been staying at the house that I currently live in um, <laughs> all week <laughs> before nationals. So we've had a chance to have some really good conversations off mic, and one of those conversations is about identity and sort of how all-consuming pro sport and I think especially pro cycling can be. So when you were getting your degree, do you feel like it kind of helped you level out that one-sidedness of when cycling is everything for you, but you're one of really truly like a few, one of the only few athletes that I know at our age that were also getting their degree. Do you feel like that helped you kind of achieve a little bit of balance in your life? I think it did, yes. Um because you're, you're, I mean, you're really thrown into the deep end of you don't have a choice. You, you need to find a balance, mm-hmm. right? And uh, if you can't find a balance, then something's going to have to give. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I felt like I was able to, I, I treated school like a job. Like I, I clocked in, clocked out, and I treated my training the same way. I yeah. clocked in, clocked out. I had to live a much more regimented life and uh, turn down some distractions. Mm-hmm. But uh, at that point in my life, I'm you know, 18, 19, 20, uh, early twenties, I felt like I, I, I had a good balance, but once you graduate school and I was hundred percent focused on pursuing this dream of being a professional cyclist mm-hmm. and cyclocross is really my passion. And, um, you know, the, the, the team I was on, uh, the sponsors we had were willing to invest in us to race at the highest level and go to Europe and make sure we had the resources we needed and the mechanical support and top-notch equipment and all of that. Like when you're given those opportunities, like I, I wanted to take full advantage mm-hmm. of that because someone else, another racer would have killed to have those opportunities. Absolutely. Right. So you're like, okay, this is, this is my shot. I'm going to take this. Like, and for me too, I had that piece of paper. I had the degree mm-hmm. and that's like, that was my insurance policy. So yes. I was like, all right, now I can live, a little bit less regimented of a life or yeah. regimented in a different way. Like I'm right. not, you know, X amount of hours a week isn't going towards, you know, reading or writing papers mm-hmm. or studying or whatever else. Right. You get to really go all in yeah. on this one thing. Exactly. So for the last really oh, maybe five, six years, I've been all in. Yes. Um, Did you graduate in 2018? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we were, we're born in the same year. So I think we were same graduating class and that's everything. right I yeah. was I was a term or two behind because I, I did take a couple terms off or mm-hmm. I deferred a couple terms yeah. to I was racing with a national team on the road with a spring or just there, there were a couple terms I was behind but uh yeah the 2018 year I did graduate and I was when my diploma was mailed to me I was competing at the world championships in wow. Bonza Denmark which it, it's that's that's an experience that uh very few people have but I think it's a, a conversation I have with a lot of people is, 
you know, wow, you really gave up a lot. You know, all, all the social stuff in mm -hmm. school and you didn't go to the parties or you didn't form these relationships or mm -hmm. you really missed out on a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. and a lot of experiences. And it's like, I don't see it that way at all. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Ellen, you, you grew up in a very similar development pipeline where we were going to national team trips. We were going to Europe, different mm -hmm. countries, experiencing different cultures and languages and um, competing at a very good level. We had resources available to us that mm -hmm. very few other athletes did. And we were able to have those formative experiences like elsewhere, like yeah. in the Netherlands, in Belgium, in France or wherever else. Like, was that your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. Where there were times that I felt like I was missing out on things just because I would see stuff going on at home. And mm -hmm. like you've already mentioned, missing holidays especially was always really hard. But um, I don't know about you, but when I did get back to college and during the off season, I would get to sort of participate in some of the stuff that mm -hmm. I felt like I was missing out on. And very quickly, it began to feel a little bit like Groundhog's Day. Like a lot <laughs> of that stuff, you only need a, a couple of experiences to really start to um, get an idea of what it's like, I guess. So I never felt that much like I um, was missing out. And it sounds like, yeah, you felt just as fulfilled by those things. But I guess, so during this time, you're, you're kind of covering like a really long period of time between. Right. This is the Spark Notes version. Yeah, between like 16 <laughs> to 21-ish. Yeah. Were all of those periods of time, especially like really thinking through the lens of um, having this amazing team support for such a long time, were all of those seasons like really good for you or did you have those transitional periods where you were struggling to kind of find your footing? I, I think that, I mean, it, not every year was good. Mm -hmm. None of them were perfect mm -hmm. and it never is, right? That's life. But um, there were years that I, I felt unstoppable as an athlete and just the momentum was rolling. But there were years where I was struggling. But I think when you're you're younger, like, and you have the, I mean, when you're, you're a student athlete, let's say, mm -hmm. like there's, a distraction for you yes like all right you know what I, I had a crash or I got sick or I'm on bad form things aren't going my way but you know I'm, I'm pulling a, a 3.6 this mm -hmm. term like that's that's something to be proud of so you know you're able to balance it out but you know a few years later 100% dedicated to sport and this is where I think you know we'll get into the conversation a little bit more deeper into mm -hmm. identity as an athlete and I think yeah. a lot of athletes do struggle with this and I think it's very apparent when high-level athletes leave mm -hmm. competing or leave their sport and kind of have to or go into the real world mm -hmm. they're forced to confront what their identity is and mm -hmm. there are athletes that have a very smooth transition and some that struggle yeah i mean some of those athletes when they leave high-level sport they have no clue what their identity is and they're forced to start a podcast just <laughs> hey just you're preaching to, grasp, to the choir i started a podcast too <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about this a little bit already but you have raced 18 national championships and this was your first ever elite national title this is your first ever cyclocross national title so mm -hmm. um off the top of your head do you remember those uh nationals results that you've had in those well years? i uh part of being a part of such a tight-knit cycling community in New England is that we are fortunate enough to have uh, folks on Twitter <laughs> give us those statistics quite easily. Shout out to Colin Reuter. Uh, Crossresults boy. Cro <laughs> Crossresults.com. Um, I believe the stats are, through my career, 
since 2005. Uh, my lowest place at a national championship was sixth. Three times fifth, I was fourth. Another three times, I was bronze medal three times. Six times total, second place. <laughs> three of them being the last three years in a row as an elite in the pro ranks. Um, and uh, Ellen, like you just said, this was my first year winning the title. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go through the the junior ranks, it's it's something that, you know, you're doing it more for fun and there's mm-hmm. that enthusiasm and you're you're part of this group and your peers and then as you get older you you take it more seriously and you know, we start to get into this conversation of identity, like it starts to become who you are and what you mm-hmm. love to do and you you know, you practice certain skill sets and you're you're more dedicated to this and then it starts to become your craft and mm-hmm. then, you know, you know, the cherry on top is that, you know, you're a highly competitive person mm-hmm. and anyone that you grew up around, you always want to be doing whatever they're doing better. Yes. Right. And, you know, growing up through the ranks with the same racers, uh, I was fortunate enough to have a very competitive group around me. So I, I, I think I've said this to someone like if I won more mm-hmm. when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't have been in the sport because I wouldn't have been as hungry. Mm, okay. But now like I'm getting to the point where this is my job. This is my profession. Mm-hmm. And like you have to be a results oriented person now mm-hmm. because that's that's your that's your job that's your paycheck that's where like your uh, I mean your worth comes from these days right and year after year like I feel like I've I've come so close and after you get these disappointments and it's it it's hard for it not to become tied into your identity as a yes. person like yeah, I'm an athlete. I need to win. I need to win this race. And you're like, you kind of have to go to a dark place mentally mm-hmm. to like, I, I mean, I, you know, we have a mutual friend, Jeremy Powers, a uh, high level athlete as well. And he and I had this conversation and he's like, and, and this is exactly how I felt a lap and a half to go. Yes. So like I was prepared to like die yes. on the course. Like it's <laughs> 32 degrees. It is freezing. It's snowing. We're soaking wet. We're covered in mud. We're sliding all over the place. And we're fighting for the win of this national championship. I've never won one before. And I was prepared to, like, that. I'm either going to win or I'm leaving on a stretcher. Like, yes. that's that's it. I, I wasn't thinking about family, friends, my fiance, or, like, this was, <laughs> you are so consumed with that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where I was at the previous five championships. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't work out for those right. previous five. Or, in my case, the previous 15 or whatever, right. how many. And it's like. There is a serious amount of disappointment that comes with that. And I mean, you know, you, you got to roll with it, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's life. There are bigger things. But when you've dedicated so much of your life to this craft, it's very um, – it, it can be difficult to get over those those losses at times. And, I mean, you know, especially three years in a row getting silver. I was like – at the end of last mm-hmm. year, I was like, I, I don't know how much more of – myself I can give yeah and that it's a difficult thing because I mean it's I mean what what happens if it doesn't if cycling doesn't work out like right I have a degree to fall back on mm-hmm. I have a supportive family I have a, a loving fiance I have friends I have a good community mm-hmm. like I'm like things will be okay mm-hmm. but and that's kind of the interesting thing about sport is that when you dedicate so much of yourself to this craft you want the most out of it and you have it really is a gift yes. you have this short window of time 
to execute at a really high level. Mm -hmm. And you're never guaranteed wins or success. Right. You always have to earn it. Nothing's ever given to you. But it like it's when you tie that into your identity as a person, it like you, you need to kind of get over that. Yeah. To an extent. And that's that was the conversation that we had last week off mic where it's like, I believe you asked me, you know, do I still get nervous for yes. national championships? Because I've done it so many times. I'm like, I, honestly, Ellen, like, not that it scares me, but it's like it, it does. I get really nervous. Yeah. And it's psyched me out sometimes. Like I've mm-hmm. lost national championships because I've been so nervous mm-hmm. and I force mistakes. Yeah. And then I force myself to crash and I'm like, I'm out of the race. And that was. It, it just happens sometimes, yep. you know? Yeah, you care too much, uh, which I think is <laughs> not. I, I'm, I'm asking that as a question. It, it sounded like a statement, but um, it's almost like you care too much, which I think can be a good thing. Obviously, it's like a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. But so you were you said like you have a loving fiance, you have family, you have friends, you have a degree, you have this backup plan if you will Mm -hmm. the insurance policy yeah you have you have your insurance (laughs) policy so why do you keep going like what is the thing that keeps you coming back despite six second places feeling like I don't know how much more of this I can give and you have you have so much to love like what is what is that unfinished business that you're feeling in a good way. It's not in a like, good way. So it's not I, like, why are you doing this? Yeah. It's like, why are you crazy, it's like, Curtis? It's like, no, no, like, <laughs> like what's, what is that like magic thing that keeps you coming back? I think that, and this is where we're going to tie a little bit more into the identity again is there is much more to me as an athlete than being a results oriented person. I mean, mm-hmm. it's when you're on a team or you're, you're, you're negotiating contracts with sponsors and all these things, you, you know, if you have bonus structures, it's very heavily weighted towards these one day of the year events. Yeah. Like a, a national championship. Like, yes. You know, and you have bonuses for all sorts of other things to kind of disperse it out. But like these are the days that truly you get the most reward out of. So mm-hmm. you put the most focus and stress on. And then it, when it doesn't work out and you're you're trying to negotiate with teams, um, you know, it's you know, well, you didn't you didn't win so you know your worth isn't up there mm-hmm. and so you you directly attach your worth as an athlete in your profession to your result on that one particular day yeah and it i mean it, it there is some truth to that right but i think it's important and this is where being a well-rounded person and a well-rounded athlete comes into play it's like you need to recognize what other gifts you have right there's no bonus structure that says um did you make people feel something this year? Here's well, a bonus. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to answer that question, you know, go back and watch the live stream on Flow Bikes of the the national championships and Right. There's there's no there's no value that you could actually put on that win. Even just thinking about it, I could start crying and I was literally crying on the live stream. I'm like trying to hold it together mm-hmm. watching you win this race and I like had to let Brad take over the mic because it was so emotional. So it's like, yes, you won this race. Like it checks that box. Like you get this bonus. Like the sponsors look at this and they say like, this was great. And like old sponsors are like, that's what we were looking for. But it's like, you won the national championships. It's, it's this much. You made every person at Riverside Park cry and cheer for you. And everyone felt something in themselves with that race. And it's 
so much more than that was i will say one of the most powerful moments in my career and yes you know you check the box Mm -hmm. you won you won the jersey you win the national championship that was something i've been striving for for a very long time Mm -hmm. but the most meaningful and impactful thing for me was there are people that i've known for over 20 years Mm -hmm. you know aside from my family that that made the trip to hartford Mm -hmm. to to watch and cheer me on and support that effort Mm -hmm. and moments like that are very rare in life i think where you you need to pause and kind of look around you and say like why do we do sport right Mm -hmm. like being an athlete is a very selfish thing Mm -hmm. like you how many holidays have have you missed to to be perfecting your craft in mm-hmm. another country and your family misses you mm-hmm. right your friends miss you weddings yeah you're missing out these like you know yeah. graduation did you did you make your high school graduation i did oh, i know yeah i i missed mine but it's like it, it you miss these moments yeah and you're sacrificing but it, it's important to i guess what i'm trying to get at is the real reason why we pursue sport is the people. Yes. And that's something that it's not a box you can check. It's not something that it, it and it's unfortunately something that it's very easy to lose sight of mm-hmm. because it isn't tan- like it isn't right. the you box to check. You can't quantify. You can't quantify it, but when you stop to realize, man, how many pictures did I take with little kids ringing cowbells that were just <laughs> stoked? to be there yep. and that made their day or how many mm-hmm. little like helmets did I sign mm-hmm. or postcards did I hand out or how many fist bumps did I get people saying good luck or how many times did I take a moment of my day to give to someone else mm-hmm. you know either pre-riding the course and giving tips somewhere or a simple shout of encouragement and I'm not trying to say that I'm you know I'm the, the nicest guy in the world like I, I certainly have my moments of being a jerk and <laughs> you know I, I think Maybe there were a couple moments and, you know, I'm stressed out before my race and in pre-ride, like, you know, mumbling and grumbling about someone's in my way and <laughs> on the course pre-ride. But, you know, I, I do genuinely try to make the effort to include as many people in what I'm doing mm-hmm. as possible. Because, I mean, that that's what sport's all about is inspiring and influencing other people and getting them yeah. interested in what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, even if... if you, like, you, you need to give people a reason. Absolutely. And like your Saturday practices that you've been leading out here, you get 10, 15 other, Mm -hmm. you know, mostly kids, like teenagers, early 20 something people to come out and ride with you and do these cyclocross practices. And, you know, now these all these young, like aspiring pro racers or just aspiring bike racers and aspiring humans, Mm -hmm. if you will, uh, or next time that they show up to that practice, they're going to be training with the national champion. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like you're creating that community yeah. aspect, and like that is so much more than just a result. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those things are a lot harder to quantify. So it's easy when you look back at, yeah, it's easy to like to dilute your career to a result to say, oh, you got six second places, and not, um, you know, yeah. slightly less tangible ones. Right, and I I don't know. I mean, it's. You know, we're recording this very recently after, like 24 hours after winning a national mm-hmm. championship. Like, I'm, I'm still on that high, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, if let's say I didn't win, let's mm-hmm. say I never won a national, I won, I never would have won a national championship. Mm-hmm. And I, if I still had my people there supporting mm-hmm. 
20 years from now, I bet you I'd still equally as fulfilled mm -hmm. because of recognizing who shows up for you is the most important. I mm -hmm. think that the, the people who see that mm -hmm. beyond sport are the ones that transition well to, to other life things and are able to give more of themselves back. Yes. Um, and that, that, that's very fulfilling. And I mean, we touched on it earlier this gift we have in sport is very, you know, at the moment it, it seems very selfish and all consuming, but it's a fleeting moment and mm -hmm. it's like the snap of a finger. It could go away. Yes. Like a long career is going to your mid thirties. Yeah. Assuming you don't have injury or you, you stay healthy and, and, and that's never a guarantee. Right. And it's just at any moment it could go away. So it's appreciate the people who show up for you appreciate the opportunities that are afforded to you mm -hmm. and absolutely make the most of it yeah. and try to give as much of yourself back as you can. Because, I mean, you're talking about the training sessions that I was leading before me that, you know, Stephen Hyde and Jeremy Powers mm -hmm. were dragging me out here. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, right, they, they were, started that they community were doing the for same me. for you that you're doing right now for the next generation. Yeah. And I think that those moments are incredibly important for, us to recognize and to, I mean, we do have a responsibility, mm -hmm. right? To, to pass on that energy mm -hmm. to someone else who can carry the torch and create those opportunities and really memories mm -hmm. for, for other young athletes coming mm -hmm. up. Yeah, so is that like the kind of stuff for you that sort of giving back, getting involved, creating connection, are those the things that allow you to kind of keep your morale up when you, you've said like, your results equal your identity and your results equal your value. So when you're not getting the results that you either expect of yourself or your sponsors expect of yourself, how are you able to be able to look in the mirror and be like, um, what's the quote? And it's like, and gosh, darn it. People like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And it, it, it's taken me a long time as an athlete to kind of come to this like realization of, man, all the people who've shown up for me year after year, like it's, it's, it's easy to overlook that because it's, you know, again, being an athlete can be very selfish mm -hmm. and it's we, what we're doing is, is a pretty privileged thing. And to, that's why I think it's important to, you know, the, the earlier you can learn that lesson, the better mm -hmm. because it's, yeah, I, I think I lost track of what your last question was. That's I'm sorry. Okay. I was, I was just asking, like you had said that, or maybe I inferred that like in sport, my experience was that your results are your identity. Yes. Your results are your worth. Mm -hmm. When your results are down, your identity is maybe worse. Your mm -hmm. uh, value is worse. All of course, like I'm saying, um, this is how it's perceived. I'm not saying this to you. No, no, no. But it, I mean, that is the, I mean, yeah. What's the quote? You're only as good as your last result. Yes. And, and so like that's the sort of stuff that we've been fed since we were like mm -hmm. itty bitty tiny little bike racers. So how do you wake up and feel like, you know what? I'm still great and I still like myself and I'm still like worthy of love and support even when the results are not um, indicating that you're valuable objectively. Um honestly having healthy distractions and okay. recognizing my identity in other ways as um the the husband i want to be mm -hmm. uh what kind of son do i want to be what kind of brother do i want to be mm -hmm. what kind of friend do i want to be what am i what else am i creating in my life mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I had recently moved this past spring mm-hmm. and making a new apartment feel like a new home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the different life projects. I, I mean, it's, you know, you're trying to find meaning in different ways. And mm-hmm. I, I started um, coaching a young athlete. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he performed. He had a really strong race in Hartford. But it's it. I think it's that I think we, we've coached camps and clinics before mm-hmm. together where we've had these conversations where I, I feel like I'm learning stuff about myself when I'm trying to teach someone yes. something like, all right, how do you do a, a clean dismount and remount? I'm like, well, all right, hold on. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I've been doing this since I was 10, but <laughs> I don't actually know. I don't, I haven't had to break it down and explain it. I always say, let, I have, let me try that so exactly. that I can remember what I do and then I can tell you about it. <laughs> but, but teaching and coaching is a great, way and avenue to learn something about yourself yeah you're really holding a mirror yeah up to what you do yeah exactly and and what your what what you value and what your uh your your morals and ethics are and how you carry yourself Mm -hmm. through coaching or teaching Mm -hmm. is an excellent way to kind of recognize what what you value Oh, we got a puppy we got attack some, here. We got some snuffling happening on the microphone. What's happening? How are we doing? <laughs> oh, she's so dirty. I, oh, my goodness. Okay. There's so much energy. Okay, I think that's enough. Yeah. We're having adult conversations. Thank All you. All right, doggos. Don't you know I, I'm at a 1% recovery here today? You yeah, got to back off a little he's here. He's got some, some low energy. Winnie <laughs> is at 100% recovery. Um, so I think maybe last question on this subject, but did you always have um, healthy distractions or were there times in your life where you were maybe a little bit more focused, a little bit, not focused, that's not the right word, that has too many implications, but that you were a little less maybe balanced? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there was, there were definitely times I was much more, you know, I, I, I was entirely consumed mm-hmm. with sport. And I think there are times of the year that I, I've, mm-hmm. like, the, my lead into this championship, I was, everything was around mm-hmm. this race, but that, like, you almost have to be like a light switch, like, you can't think about it 24 seven. Like right. you need to turn it off like a light switch, like mm-hmm. move on to something else. You know, yeah. what? I'm, I'm going to cook something new for dinner. That's yeah. going to consume, you know, X amount of hours of the day, or, you know, I'm going to watch a movie or you got to go on a hike or you like, you know, help your neighbor rake the mm-hmm. yard. Like, I mean, that, things like that, like that you got to sound balanced. I mean, <laughs> but it, I mean, you need to find small avenues to, deter your focus when you're like in those really high stress periods but it's yeah there there have definitely been times where i've i've been out of balance yeah with my focus like you're so consumed you think about it and you overthink and mm-hmm. that's when you in my opinion kind of force mistakes as an athlete yeah when you were like too focused and maybe living like the caricature of a focused professional athlete that um, you maybe envisioned when you were younger. How did like how was that working out for you? It, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like we were saying, like it's, you know, that is what I thought being an athlete was. Right. Is a hundred percent dedication to your craft, a hundred percent of the time. But once you realize that being an athlete is very selfish, and then you're like, I, I'm trying to get married next right. year. Like I, I mm-hmm. found someone I want to spend my life with. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a big step. Yeah. You start like you need to think about their life and their interests right. 
And you can't wait to figure that out until after you say I do. Like, right. like that's a bad time to figure it out. Like, you need to take the time to. Hey, by the way, grow. we're yeah. at the altar. But like, what do you? What's your favorite? What color? do you care about? Yeah, right. What are your interests? <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm being serious that it's like you need to like to take a step like that. You're you're, you're taking on someone else's mm-hmm. life and their interests. And mm-hmm. it does impact you to a degree. And then also caring about your family members and taking interest in your friends' interests. Like that's, that, 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 it, that, that's a meaningful and fulfilled life. Yeah. It like adds patches to the quilt. Yes. I really like that. Um, oh, it made me think of such a good question to ask. And I forgot. Oh no. All right. We're going to switch gears. So switching gears a little bit, <laughs> we're going to go to the real, main direct uh the real main direct question that i wanted to ask you you had 17 attempts let's call it Mm -hmm. the last many 17 years Mm -hmm. uh you finally took the win yesterday yeah sixth second six second places which i feel like really um sums it up very well like it's not like you uh raced a couple nationals and you were like last and then like 38th and whatever you were like right there right a lot (laughs) like how and or why did you keep going like what kept you coming back despite probably the feeling of getting punched in the stomach a lot of times i want to say getting kicked in the nuts i I don't know if i'm allowed to say that but (sighs) It's the same feeling. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that's where you need to find passion aside from the results mm-hmm. and meaning aside from the results. Mm-hmm. We all want to win, but at the end of the day, like, I, I truly believe that cyclocross is one of the most beautiful sports in the world. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to think about, I understand, you know, the, the barriers to entry and some sports are more inclusive than others. But I mean, something that's so beautiful, like you take your bike out into the woods, yes. onto a trail and you are you can be with a group or you can be alone. And you mm-hmm. it's just the core fundamentals of athleticism. You see a hill, you make a course, you have your creativity mm-hmm. and you ignore the numbers and you just hill repeats, include a run up. Mm-hmm ride something that scares you mm-hmm. and you improve your skills bit by bit day after day mm-hmm. and then you go to the races and there's this community or that i mean the, the the people that are around you like I, I i genuinely love the process yes of either with a group or by myself mm-hmm. going into the woods and experiencing nature that way like that that that's a really cool thing what we do. Yes. That, it's that's a great way to be outside and yeah. be with people or reflect. And that's a gift and it's like not everyone has that. Right. So it this may reveal something about myself that I might not be ready to reveal, but I uh will ask, would you still be doing this? Money aside, career aside. Would you still be racing cyclocross if instead of getting third and second and first, you were getting 31st, 32nd and I would hope so. I would hope so, honestly. Right, so your your love for cyclocross is so much deeper than just 
I mean, my, my energy may I. also be going towards other things. Like I, I, I may, you know, a bigger piece of the pie may be going towards being competitive in other areas, but yes. I, I would truly hope that just that process alone is just, it's, it's beautiful where, you know, we, we, we have barriers in a race, right? They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're clean cut barriers. They look pretty official, but when you're alone in the woods, you just find a stick lighting on the ground and you, right. you prop it up somewhere mm-hmm. like, and that's your barrier. Like that's, that's the creativity that I love. Right. And that's, that's really the essence of, I mean, I, I truly hope that I am able to carry on just being a cy- cyclocross enthusiast mm-hmm. for as much of my life as I can mm-hmm. going into the woods, experiencing nature, creating a course out of scratch, being there with a group or by myself mm-hmm. and just, like that that's just I, I I feel like that's that's I, I'm at peace yes when that happens that's so beautiful and I feel like at, like our national champion I've always kind of viewed as like they're our prom king and queen or um, they're <laughs> like they're like our ambassadors really like our, our representatives they are uh, our you've heard I'm the mayor right <laughs> they call me the mayor. The cyclocross mayor? Yeah, the, the cyclocross field, yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like for someone who someone who loves the sport as much as you do, you're the perfect um, cyclocross mayor because <laughs> this uh, may surprise some people, but not everyone loves the sport that they compete in as much as you do. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I, I genuinely do want to showcase our sport to as many people as possible and bring as many people in. And that's, you know, where we're talking about fulfillment. And one of the things that I think that was a really, if you were on site at Riverside Park in Hartford, Connecticut, you saw that the Sunday award ceremonies were right in front of the start Mm -hmm. finish straight like that. Normally we have a a building off the side or there's the boathouse at Riverside Mm -hmm. Park that it's a warm, cozy place that all the award ceremonies happen in. And yeah, it's, you know, it's great logistically, but the, the spectators and the fans don't get to experience that. Mm-hmm. It's more for the for the athletes and it's the for the convenience of the athletes. Whereas for the UCI categories on Sunday, every single the, the juniors, the under twenty threes, and the elites all like the, the the podiums were being celebrated with the fans and the spectators. Yes. Everyone stood there. Yes. And that's that is honestly true sport and passion for the sport that I see like the, the people who are there ringing the cowbells making the noise hooting and hollering mm-hmm. and they want to see their athletes succeed or their favorite athletes succeed yes. and that's what I think something as simple as celebrating victories or the podiums in front of the people yes and the fans that was really important so I, I that was something that it, it, it was new this year for USA Cycling at at the Cyclocross Nationals and I hope it's something that they're able to continue doing yes because that that's so important just getting I mean, everyone gets to experience that moment together. Yes. Yeah. And I think like the sport of cyclocross, like you, uh, I think you might've been talking about this before we started recording, but, um, you know, how many people like that, you know, that were there that were part of Nycross growing up Mm -hmm. and feeling like, you know, New England cyclocross, NECX is its own like little amazing little microcosm of just love and passion and like there were so many people there who were so excited to see you in and so like getting to share that with it's like more than just the person that's standing on the top step it's like all of the people surrounding that podium who have love for all of those athletes um you know I think like 
that's really cool that they made it a little bit more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Curtis, anything else that you want to talk about? I think we touched on some pretty, pretty cool things. Um, I really appreciated listening to your first episode with Stephen Hyde. He's been a mentor to me and, you know, to, I mean, this is really the first, uh, one of the bigger conversations I've had after the race yesterday. I'm a little tired. I'll be completely (laughs) honest, but this is really cool. It's a different format that I'm used to of, you know, kind of talking, talking about the race and the tactics and the equipment and what was your tire pressure and what line did you take and what did you think when, you know, Bruner did this and all these little things like. This is a bit more in depth in some ways, and I, I hope I was able to articulate um, my experiences well enough because it's you know I mean everything's a learning process, right? And yes. I'm sure you know a year from now I'll be able to articulate my position a little bit better, or per- perhaps some things change. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, for where I'm at with my life right now, I feel is, and especially after yesterday, an immense sense of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's the result was absolutely incredible. It's one of the best days of my career, and ha- but truly having my people show up, mm-hmm. my family, my friends, the community I grew up with, um, that gave the day so much more meaning. Mm-hmm. Like if it was, if if I won in the, on the other side of the country, mm-hmm. let's say, and I, it, it would have a it would have a different meaning. That's where it's a little bit more results focused, whereas. Yesterday was purely process. Mm-hmm. It was purely about the people who were there and who made that that moment and those memories so special. Yeah, it. I mean, if you weren't there, it's hard to describe what that energy was like mm-hmm. at the venue. Uh, and I think the emotions, not just of you, but of everyone that was there. And um, I'm not. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if I think about your experience over the last. 17 or 18 cyclocross national championships for it to all culminate in Hartford with your family at this time new team new support structure everything it almost feels like um you know maybe there's a little message in there of like if you haven't achieved what you're waiting for like there may be even something even better uh just around the corner yeah always I mean a lot of this is really just keep the nose on the grindstone and keep mm-hmm. pushing and keep believing in what you're doing because there are people around you that do believe in what you're doing. And if they believe in you, you sure as hell can believe in yourself. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think like the the big message of cyclocross is, uh, at least when I've coached athletes, it's like you just have to keep moving forward, like literally on course. Um, yeah. Even yesterday, if you saw in the feed, Eric's bike like got turned around while he was shouldering it. But he kept yeah. running while he put his bike back on his shoulder. And I was like, oh, that's how cyclocross is meant to work. Like, you don't stop and fix your bike and then keep running. You always keep moving forward no matter what. And mm-hmm. I think that there is maybe a little bit of a message in your story as well that's very the embodiment of cyclocross. You just kept moving forward mm-hmm. even when. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Ellen, that's all I have. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. And uh, I'm really excited to, to hear future episodes that you have i'll be tuning in thank you where can people support you and keep up with the cool stuff that you're doing i on instagram Mm -hmm. at curtis j white um i have a youtube channel as well but uh you know for any information on upcoming races Mm -hmm. schedule sponsors things like that curtisjwhite.com um but really the best way to to interact with me come out to a bike race yeah 
um, you know, I'll try to keep my schedule up to date on my website. And if I'm at a race near you, come out, say hi, give me a fist bump. We'll try to get you a postcard or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know, because it's, we're, we're just trying to get people involved in cyclocross and in cycling and uh, share the good vibes. Curtis White coming to a bike race near you. And if you have not yet seen <laughs> his phenomenal win at the Cyclocross National Championships, and if you just haven't heard quite enough of my voice lately, you can watch the replay on flowbikes.com and uh, enjoy that beautiful, beautiful victory with the rest of us. So Curtis, thank you so much for taking the time out of your <laughs> very busy, tired, and I'm sure just whirlwind of emotional day. And uh, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Of course, Ellen. Thank you. And thank you. thank you everyone for tuning in.